So today our theme is Dancing in the Rain, Zechariah 9-9, which I read earlier. So we want to talk about freedom today. And um, so the title of my sermon, and I love doing ladies' events because you can get away with stuff that you couldn't normally do at church. <laughs> so the title of my message today is Big Butts. So everybody say Big Butts. Okay. <laughs> Some of you have little butts, some of you have big butts. <laughs> okay, we're actually not gonna, believe it or not, we're not gonna be talking about our physical butts today. But um, although as cute as they all are, um, we're going to be talking about the word butt, okay? Has anybody, you can raise your hands if you wanna be honest. I will, because I'll be honest. Have we ever said, you know, to somebody, you know, I really like that butt, or I would really love to butt, or like where we put butt at the, thank you for your honesty, Pastor <laughs> Here's the thing, when you think about the word butt, when somebody says the word butt, the truth of what you're actually thinking is what comes after the word butt, right? I would really love to come and take care of your children, but, <laughs> right? Okay, we're going to talk about butts. Ladies, we talked about this a little earlier, but remember back as a child when we would do the craziest things and not think twice about what anybody thought? Anybody ever, do you remember those days? Was I the only weird person who would like put together a show? Anybody do a show? I have to put my glasses on so I can see you. Anybody else, is there any like show people out there where you do a show for everybody? <laughs> like I was going to be a professional dancer, okay? And I, I was, and I was going to, I put on shows for everybody. Watch me dance. Like it's, it's hilarious. Okay, at what point in time in our lives do we stop doing that? At what point in time in our lives do we stop being free and being that silly, goofy little girl? At what point in our lives do we start worrying about what other people think? Never! Never! <laughs> <coughs> Good for you. <laughs> I have gotten over it to a degree, but there's at some point where I have to just be a little careful. <laughs> okay, sometimes in life we put up these walls, these limits of things that we can do. They're called big butts, okay? Big butts. So sometimes they come from, you know, just in church. We, we can put on a, we have to act a certain way because whatever, whatever you're, you're after the butt is. Um, sometimes it comes from what we see on social media, a TV. Sometimes it's, you know, the people that we hang around with. We, 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 we become the people that we hang out with. And, and that might be a good thing, but it might also be a bad thing. And not that any of us, None of us would ever do this, but we know those people who would hang out with somebody and then they become like 
you know, the, the, the complainers or the gossipers or the ones who are always worried about everything or, or critical gossip. None of us would be like that, right? But there's those people that are like that. And sometimes when we hang out with people who are critical or gossipy or complaining or always worried and anxious, like when we're in that space, we then become that's that person. Have you ever experienced that or saw somebody? <laughs> because we don't ever want to admit that we did that, right? But sometimes we kind of take on whatever is around us, okay? And we need to, we just need to break free of that. I love how Pastor Vanessa talked about this morning in her songs, like, you know, how we can, stuff can get on us, but we want to break free. Today is going to be about breaking free of those things. We want to be who God called us to be, right? We want to get away from those big buts, where we put but in the middle of our sentence. God wants us to do something, and we say, I would love to, but, and then we fill in the blank, but I don't have time. I would love to help out in church, but I can't because I don't have time. I would love to, but I'm you know, some people will say they're too old. I would love to, but I'm not talented enough. I would love to, but I can't because, um, you know, kids scare me. We, we've been pushing for kids ministry people in our church um, because we, we have so many kids. It's such an awesome problem, but we need people to fill those spaces to take care of them. And we can come up with all kinds of excuses. I would love to, but... We're going to talk about buts today. And so we're going to talk about, first of all, we're going to talk about Moses, okay? We're going to go through a few people in the Bible um, that gave those but moments to God, okay? So, so Moses, we see that the Israelites are under slavery. They're held um, captive by the, by the Egyptians. And God calls Moses. Most of you have heard the story about the burning bush. And Moses is, is approached by God by the burning bush, and God says to him, he tells him, like, I'm going to use you. I want to use you uh, for my glory. I want to use you to help the Israelites to escape from slavery. And so God approaches um, Moses with a burning bush. And what does Moses say in, in, in ex, uh, sorry, Genesis 4, um, verse 1? God, God calls him and tells him, I want you to do this. But what does Moses say? He says, but what if they don't believe me? What if I go to the Israelites and they don't believe me that you called me to do this? And then in verse 13, uh, 10, he says, but I can't speak eloquently. I would love to do that for you, God, just to let you know. I'm so thankful that you called me and you, you think that I can do this for you. But by the way, in case you didn't know, as if God doesn't know, he says, I, I can't speak eloquently. It's thought that Moses maybe had a speech impediment of some sort. And so he's saying to God, you know, thanks for coming out. Thanks for asking me. But I, I just, I have this speech problem. I can't do it. And then he says, but please send somebody else. Send somebody else. And then we have Gideon. The Israelites now, they, they are under, under uh, oppression and they're, they're hiding from the Midianites. They're in this place again of kind of like just in a woe is me moment. And Gideon, we find when we pick up history in Judges chapter 6, he's in a, in a wine press and he's, he's, he's hiding. He's, he's threshing wheat, but he's hiding 
from the Midianites. And God comes out and he says, Gideon, mighty warrior. And Gideon was like, who are you talking to? You, you, you couldn't possibly be talking to me. He actually says in Judges 13, um, pardon me, Lord, but if the Lord is with us, then why has this all happened to us? He's like, excuse me, but... If you want me to do this amazing thing for you, God, God called him and says, mighty warrior, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you to help your nation become free again. I'm going to help you to be victorious. And he's like, yeah, but if you have these awesome plans for us, why, why would you let all of this bad stuff happen to us? And then in, in Judges 6.15, we see him asking again, but how can I possibly be the mighty warrior? How can I possibly be the person who's going to be victorious for my nation? Because I am the least. But don't you understand, God? I'm, I'm not only the least of my clan, but my clan is the least of the least of the clan. Like, I'm, the, I'm like a worm, like a bug that people say about. That's how he saw himself. And God's calling him mighty warrior. And Gideon is like, but I'm actually the least of my people. You see, we say to God, who God's all-knowing and God's the one who created this world, and we say to God, but I don't have time. But don't you know who I actually am? Ananias, we read about a man named Ananias when Saul, who eventually becomes Paul, is traveling down the road to Damascus and he's out to destroy all Christians, kill them, put them in jail, whatever it takes. And he has an, he has an experience with God on the road to Damascus with Jesus. And God tells Ananias, Ananias, I want you to go and I want you to meet up with this man, Saul. And I, I want you to explain to him all the goodness that I have for him. I want you to explain to him the, the things that I'm going to do and use him for. I want you to explain to him the truth about who I am. We can read his story in Acts chapter 9. And Ananias says, but I've heard reports about this man. He's not a good guy. Again, as if God didn't know who Saul was and who Saul was to come to be. And Ananias is like, but haven't you heard the bad reports? Don't you know what this guy is doing? He's out to destroy anyone who calls you savior. You see, what happens is we then begin to sometimes, when I talked about how we become like people we hang out with, sometimes we pick up their traits, and sometimes that can be really, really good, but sometimes it can possibly be not so good. And here we see Ananias, who is, who is listening to the reports of all the other people around, but he's not listening to God's report. He's like, no, God, you got this one wrong. This guy, he's, he's a bad guy. We shouldn't be hanging around with him. What about listening to the reports of other people, sometimes a family member? The story of David in 1 Samuel 16. We see God is calling to, to name, to anoint a man to be king. And he goes to the house of Jesse 
And, and Jesse has sons, strapping, strong young men. And Samuel comes and says, hey, you're going you're gonna to gather all your, your sons together. We're having a party. God's going to anoint one of your sons to be king. So we're going you know, get to the, get the animals. Get, we're going to sacrifice. We're going to have a big dinner. It's going to be a party of a century. Just bring everything. So Samuel shows up and he goes through Jesse's sons and, 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 and all these boys, these strapping, strong, handsome men. And Samuel goes through, no, no, no. No, to every son. And says to Jesse, God said no to every single one of these boys. I don't understand. I know that he called me to come here to anoint one of your boys to be king. Do you have another son somewhere? And look under the table. There's got to be somebody somewhere. And David is out in the field, a shepherd, a lowly shepherd. He's like the least of the family. And Jesse, David's own dad, says, well, I got another kid. But he's like, he's the runt. He's the insignificant one. He's a, he's a shepherd. Like, I'm kind of a bear. He's a shepherd. He wasn't even invited to the party. You see, sometimes we take on what other people have said about us. And here David's own dad didn't even invite him to the party. I have another son, but, yeah, he's kind of the insignificant one. And then in John chapter 6, we see the disciples with Jesus. And we find ourselves in a story where it tells us that there's a crowd of people, and they only count the men. There's 5,000 men. But if you were to add women and children, there's a guesstimate that there's between thirteen to 15,000 people. And they're listening to Jesus, and Jesus is pouring into them. And, and all of a sudden, it's like getting, you know, where they're getting hungry. They've been sitting there all day long. And, and Jesus is like, okay, we need to feed them. And the disciples are like, are you crazy? Do you see how many people are out here? But God, but Jesus, we can't feed them. We don't have enough food. That, that would take a year's wages to feed all these people. And Jesus is like, just feed them. Just feed them. But how? And I love this story because we, we see a little boy come forward with a lunch. Do you like my Lion King lunch bag? Remember when these were cool? <laughs> He's got a couple of fish. <laughs> He's got some bread. This is part of our lunch, so if you don't get enough food, it's because I stole lunch. <laughs> He's got a couple of buns. 15,000 people. And the little boy is like, I have some lunch. Now, can I just pause for a second to all the ladies? I don't know about you guys, but the second we get in a car to do any kind of a road trip, this mama is packing. Anybody else? Like, I'm, I'm a camel, okay? 
I got, I got food for days. I got drinks for days. We could just be going to Toronto, and I'm like, I'm packing. Okay, because you never know. You could get, you could get stuck on the highway for hours. And goodness knows, I don't want to be hungry because I get angry when I'm hungry. Okay. So when I look at that crowd of like a whole bunch of mamas, you cannot tell me that somebody didn't have more food. That somebody wasn't like, oh my God, I can add to that. I can add to that. But all we hear in the word is this one little boy who comes with this tiny little meager lunch. And Jesus says, I can work with that. I can work with that. All the disciples were like, but we don't have anything. And he gets this little lunch brought to him, and Jesus is like, I can work with that. How many of us have just a little, what seems like a meager offering? And we would... We would put it down and be like, yeah, I can't, but I'm only this, I only can do this. I only, and God's like, I can work with that. I can work with that. So Jesus takes this meager little lunch and he tells all his disciples to grab a basket. And so he gets 12 baskets, one for each. And he takes the little bread, and imagine how, how little it would look in the bottom of those baskets, this little tiny piece of bread. There's 12. I've only got four. Work with me here in your imagination, okay? <laughs> I can't break these up because they're plastic, so you get a fish and you can get a fish. I feel like Oprah. You get a fish and you get a fish. <laughs> only certain people would remember that, okay? giving out cars like they're pennies. <laughs> you get a car and you get a car. If you don't know what it is, it's because you're young and you need to ask somebody. <laughs> so he fills these 12 baskets and he takes apart this two little fish and these little tiny chunks of bread. And the disciples are looking at that guy. Seriously? The dude's crazy, man. <laughs> But you want to know the interesting part? They've been walking with Jesus. They've already seen miracles. They've already seen ridiculous miracles. But they're still like, I don't know. Jesus is like, break them up into little groups of 50s and 100s. And then take the basket and start feeding Sometimes we look at our little measly amount and we look at the crowd and the need and we say, that's not going to work. But God, there's not enough. And we put it down and we walk away and we miss out on the blessing of God. But if we take our basket, as meager as it looks, and we say, but God, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense in my human brain, but God, all things are possible. Amen? And we just start walking. And I believe, I don't know, I, when I get to heaven, I'll find out. But I truly, in my heart of hearts, I believe 
that the miracle didn't happen at this point. It happened. God is the God of the impossible, amen? Yes. How many times do we put limits on God with our big butts? Your miracle, ladies, is waiting to happen. You need to dance in the rain. You need to go back to that childhood where you didn't care where anybody else is, or be like Pam, not care what anybody else thinks right now. <laughs> What will we do, or what can God do through us? What will we do with whatever time we have left on this earth? And I pray it's still a long time. But with the time remaining, when we think about the time on earth in comparison to the time in eternity, it's very short, our time here. What will we do in our short time here? Will we stand here and say, oh, but God, this is too small? Or will we say, oh, yeah, but God, I'm walking in it. I'm walking in revival. I'm walking in freedom. I'm walking in the belief that we can do this. Moses thought he wasn't good enough. Gideon thought he was weak and insignificant. Ananias listened to the reports of others. David's own dad didn't even invite David to the party. The disciples didn't trust Jesus. But they took the baskets and they went for it. We got to see Moses. See the Israelites removed from slavery. We got to see Gideon be victorious with 300, an army of 300 men with no weapons beat the Midianites. We got to see Ananias who then eventually went over to Saul, put his hand on his shoulder and said, brother, probably shaking a little bit, but brother, I welcome you into the family. And he got to be a conduit to see Saul become Paul, who then ended up becoming one of the greatest evangelists of all time. And a large majority of the New Testament is written by that man. And Ananias was the one who had the honor to be able to Launch that ministry. The disciples got to take the baskets and see 15,000 people fed with a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And not just people weren't just like, oh, thanks for the little nipple. It says in the word that they were like they were so full, they're like, you know, after dinner, turkey dinner, where you're just like, oh, can we just like watch TV? Right, yeah, stretch your pants, where your stretch your pants moment, right? And there was left, all the baskets came back, and there was left over. When we go through fire, when we go through trials and tribulations and hard times, Each and every one of us probably can tell a story of something that we're going through. And if you're riding the wave right now and you're like, life is good, God bless you. Just be careful. (laughs) Because the enemy doesn't want us to be comfortable. Well, he wants us actually to be comfortable. But he doesn't want us, you know, he wants to bring truck so that we will start to question God. God, do you hear me? God, but I can't. 
That's where he wants us to be, in that place of, like, not freedom, where we're, we're yoked and slavery, where we're stuck in a spot where we put limits on our lives so we cannot be effective for the kingdom. That's where the enemy wants us. And if we start being effective, he will come in and bring trials and tribulations into your life. But when we look at the story in Daniel 3 of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went into the fire, and they went into that fire trusting God. If we live, we live. If we don't, we don't. It's all good either way. And who met them in the fire? It says three went in, but when they looked, there was four. Jesus was there with them. When we go through the fire, and we don't put limits on God, and we don't say but in a fearful way, but we say but, and we take that step forward, Jesus will meet us there, and we will be with him in the fire. We need to trust the Lord. We need to go through the fire with him. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Every single challenge we go through will make us stronger. When we come through it, we will be stronger. Philippians 3, 13, 14 says, Press on towards the goal to win the prize. If we quit 100% of the time, we will win never. If we stop getting up in the morning, we will never reach our goal. Ladies, is what you are dealing with, is what you are going through, is it worth fighting for? Is it worth tackling the, arm, the enemy and doing hand-to-hand combat, prayer over your situation and trusting that God knows? By beating down the enemy, getting up every single day and saying, you have no right in my life today. I will walk in freedom. I will walk in boldness. I will trust the Lord. Amen? I have a little thing that I have stuck in my Bible to remind me every day. If there is ever a gap between your daily habits and your desired outcome, the daily habits will always win. So whatever your desired outcome is, if your daily habit does not match what that outcome is, Whatever your deal, whatever you put your hand and your mind to, will always win. So if you are here today and you're like, you know what, I really, because I hear this all the time, I really feel like I need to get into the Word more. I really want to draw closer to God. And then you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I just got, I just got to check my Instagram. I just got to check my Facebook feed for a second. I just, I just got to, I'm just going to stick Netflix on. Just one show. That's all I'm going to watch. One show. And three hours later, we've binge-watched. Whatever your daily habit is, it's what's going to win every time. So if you can get up in the morning, I really want to get closer to God. I know I need to get into the Word of God more. So if your daily habit, then, is you get up and the first thing you do is you're like, okay, I'm tempted because I see the dishes in the sink and I see the floor needs to be vacuumed and I really want to see all those likes that are on my Facebook. I just see that number right there on that big F that I just need to check and see. There's like 25 notifications. But my daily habit is that I really want, I, I want to get drunk, so I'm going to get into, I'm going to open this first. What's the first thing that you open up in the morning? What's the first thing you do? That's your daily habit. 
Whatever your daily habit is, is what you are going to achieve. If you want to achieve some kind of amazing goal, if you want to be something, if you want to do something for Jesus, you want to be effective. We all talk about revival. We all talk about, God, we want you to move. God, we, we want, are we willing then to put the time in and fight for it? Because the enemy will come in and distract us. All kinds of things. Like it's ridiculous. Distractions are one of his tools that he will use to stop you from being effective for the kingdom. But I can't. I don't have time. But I can't. As I said earlier, as women, we do everything for others all the time. Or we allow the enemy to come in and pour fear over us, anxiety over us, worry. God's not really listening. Doubt gets in the way. But we need to take that step of faith and make our butt with God on the end. But God will. But God can. But God is able. And trusting in him with that. I'm going to invite Vanessa to come up. And I know I have a video to show. Let me still do that. But I just wonder if one more time if we can just sing that revival song. As they're coming up and preparing, I have some... Little bracelets that I'm going to give to each and every one of you. I need mean, to share. I just saw her sneak out. Um, Debbie, do you want to help me? And then maybe Mac- Mackenzie, I'll get you to help me. I have these little bracelets for each of the ladies. And these ladies will just be little reminders to you. I have mine somewhere. It says 360 degrees on it. Does anybody remember Wonder Woman? Like the original, where she would like turn. And yes, and she would turn like into like Wonder Woman, right? Let's turn 360 and come out like Wonder Woman. Amen? Where our dreams, our goals, our desires line up with God and we do it. We don't say, but I can't, but I'm not able, but I'm not good enough. But we will say, but God, with him, I can do everything. Amen? We're going to sing this, and then we're going to have some fun afterwards with a song. Ladies, wear those bracelets as a reminder. Turn around from, from who we are right now in doubting and believing that God is able. And let's turn around and become warriors for Jesus. Amen? Let's stand one more time if you're able. We're going to sing this song. And then I have a little video to show you.
Oh, 
This is me. I am a warrior. And let's, I know it's not Christian, but let's put it on. I am a warrior for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Thank you, Tara.